0: The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenberger, and Skiba presents the 24th college football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Banditos' fresh made daily kickoff with your host, Phil Halk.
1: The final home game, Senior Day at Notre Dame, legacy and legends come to mind. One last time to run out the tunnel into the house that Rockne built and where the ghost of George Gipp resides. On the acre of field that has seen the likes of Jack, Horning, Page, Browner, Rocket, Tim Brown, Latner, Chris Zorich, and the bus. The list could go on for an hour, really. Because if Notre Dame Stadium had a ring of honor, it wouldn't fit. This year, several more greats will make that trek one last time, eligibility rules being what they are in the year of COVID. Just who is playing their last home game is a bit murky, but here are some of the names to think about on this day of tribute. And one name in particular will always have a special place in my personal N.D. Ring of Honor. Dalen Hayes, Liam Eichenberg, Adi Ogendeji. Sean Crawford, Robert Hainsey, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, and others, and Ian Book. Ian Book is 29-3 as a starter. From the most impactful position on the field, Ian Book has orchestrated a historic run of winning for Notre Dame and in Notre Dame Stadium. Ian Book is undefeated as a starter at home, and in fact is the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history. Ian Book out of high school was a three-star recruit from El Dorado Hills, California and was rated as the 20th best pro-style quarterback in the nation. When he flipped his commitment from Washington State in August of 2015, I took a look. Admittedly, I was underwhelmed. Shows how wrong first impressions can be. Book redshirted, and then in the spring of 2017, he battled Brandon Wimbush for the starting position. Wimbush won the job, but I thought that Book outplayed Wimbush in the spring game, and I wrote that. He had his first coming-out party in the Citrus Bowl game that season against LSU. After replacing an ineffective Wimbush, it was Book to Boykin from 55 yards out for the comeback win. Ian Book's first N.D. moment. One which I viewed from just a few yards away on the Notre Dame sideline. Coming out, party number two occurred in the fourth game of 2018 against Wake Forest. Again taking over from an ineffective win bush. Book got the start and after 325 yards through the air, two touchdown passes, three more running, and a 56-27 win, the job was his. And rightfully stayed his since then book has led the irish to wins lots of them an undefeated regular season in 2018 en route to the college football playoff 2019 and an 11 and 2 final tally a double overtime win over number one clemson a few weeks ago and at 9 and 0 in 2020 all things remain possible for ian book's last team at notre dame sure Sometimes he scares the heck out of you with his improvised efforts to make plays. And there has been that maddening at times trait of inconsistency. But really, only one thing matters. Winning. And Ian Book is a winner. Rice, Huert, Theismann, Clements, Quinn, Montana, and more are among the immortals who have quarterbacked in that stadium. But as Ian Book enters the field known for its legends one last time, think about this. Ian Book has won more often than any of them. So add another name to that big list and give it a special place. We're the boys, boys. Banditos with three Fort Wayne locations, Wayndale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority in Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, Senior Editor of Irish Illustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenberger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling. Only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. Raise the bar. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity and personal values which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haines, Eisenbarger and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation and estate planning, the full service accounting firm of Haines, Eisenbarger and Skiba, like the Irish has what it takes to help you achieve success located in fort wayne near jefferson point haynes Eisenberger and skiba proudly supports notre dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports go irish
2: this is art salzburg i don't endorse everybody but i found a company that i think provides a great service the company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Sure McCulloch will pack you up move you and then sell your house and everything that's left now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere and what I call in sports terms covering all the bases Shera McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers they're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years Shera McCulloch is A plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms if Sharon and I decide to make a change and lifestyle, we'll be calling Shira McCulloch at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable.
3: Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't so just raise a glass. Raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. Now available wherever beer is sold. Fiji, Yingling & Son Incorporated. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly.
1: Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priester, uh, my reaction to, to last Saturday's game is, wow. And, and where do I start? How about here? Let's talk about some of the moments from last Saturday And I want to know what you were thinking at the time they happened. Let's start off, end of the first quarter, the score is 14-14, to and the game kind of looked like a track meet. Uh, What were you thinking at that time? Because I started social media talking about a track meet or on the chat line with Irish Illustrated. What were you thinking and what did Clark Lee change? Because the game really changed after that.
0: Yeah, I, you know, like everybody else, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, it didn't look like either defense was going to be able to stop the other one, and then both these defenses stopped the opposing offense. You know, Clark Lee did some, first and foremost, it was a, it was a strong emphasis on stopping the run game, so putting guys in the, in the box. Uh, some things that he did with Maris Leafau and then Bo Bauer on third downs where he dropped them into the easy-ass access passing lanes, the running back uh, coming out of the backfield, they love to run slants. Uh, Le'afou with his length and his quickness helped take that away. I'm probably oversimplifying it because I'm sure it's much more complex than just uh, you know deciding to do those things and then doing it, especially against an offense like North Carolina's. But uh, Clark Lee finds a way, doesn't he? Yeah, he always seems to find a way, and it usually starts with shutting down the running game. Javion Hawkins from Louisville, uh, Travis Etienne. From Clemson and then certainly Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Michael Carter had a little bit more uh, success, but Javante Williams is the one that really launches that offense and they just completely disarmed him.
1: Yeah, they sure did. Held that rushing, great rushing offense that North Carolina had and a great passing offense, but held them to, what was it, 85 yards rushing, an amazing number. Uh, and, of course, uh, lots of punts by North Carolina and just one field goal the whole rest of the game. Amazing. All right, what did you think when Kyle Hamilton had to walk off the field for targeting late <laughs> in the second quarter? Because I went into a brief uh, but very
0: deep depression. Go ahead uh i'd say the two words that came to mind were uh-oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> because i mean noradames and part of it also phil was that I, I sean crawford was was favoring his shoulder so it was and that was like a play or two apart and without either one of those two on the field now you're really concerned about sam and deami brown and daz Newsom, and then bringing the back the running back out of the backfield to throw to him so uh, you know, again, I felt like everybody else, but man, they stepped up. I, I really think that more than the safety play in the absence of Hamilton was what Notre Dame did up front. They started pressuring Sam Howell, and uh, like most quarterbacks, when you pressure, when you pressure Sam Howell, he's not nearly as good throwing the ball downfield.
1: Yeah, well, Kyle Hamilton, arguably the best player on either team, possibly. Uh- comes off the field you get concerned but uh, I kind of quickly forgot about his loss about the middle of the third quarter okay two moments that occurred in the second half that are burned in my memory and there were several in this game first uh, the, the game is tied in the third quarter the power sweep end around and you know what play I'm talking about to Ben Skoranek touchdown from 13 yards out my thought immediately was Tommy Reese is a great play caller how about you <laughs>
0: Me too, Phil. You know, be the the perspective from the press box in North Carolina, they lined up Kyron Williams literally eight yards deep from the snap of the football. And so they're creating the illusion for not only us watching, but uh, obviously for the defense that it's just going to be a, you know, they're just going to hand the ball to the the, the single back. But they had the three tight ends to the right. Uh, they They brought Skronic in motion from left to right, and he was he had some room to maneuver, but you could tell just the determination and the opportunity he knew he had to get in the end zone on a running play. And it was blocked beautifully. First Brock Wright and, and then Michael Mayer and then uh, the relentless Tommy Tremble downfield or upfield near the goal line. It ended up being an easy score, but I thought the same thing, Phil. An absolutely brilliant call by Tommy
1: Reese. Uh, and the play, as it turned out, I also thought about the Green Bay Packers power sweep. What a beautiful piece of absolute football brutality and execution. It just with those three tight ends out there on the edge and the great offensive line. Okay, the second moment that occurred in the second half. Uh in the fourth quarter, it's a one-score game. I Irish up by seven. On your own 20-yard line, under pressure, on a scramble, and the shovel flip to Meyer for 11 yards from uh, some guy named Ian Book. To my life momentarily just flashed before my eyes. What did you think?
0: Okay, that's the, one, that's the one play where we differ on. Again, it was the perspective and angle that I had from the press box. I saw Meyer's reaction. I saw Book's reaction. Book knew that Mayer had decided he was going to come back to the football before the ball was even released. And so you could see Book loading up to do it. I saw Mayer break. I wasn't concerned about it. Then I came home and watched it on TV and understood why everybody else was probably very concerned.
1: Yeah, you, you know why I just about choked. But it, it, you know, because the play happened so fast, I mean, the, the whipsaw of the emotion was just something else, and it all occurred in one second. Tim, when you finished your work post-game Saturday, uh, and, and same with me, uh, your, your work day may have been a little longer than mine, but did you start to think that maybe, just maybe, this team is really, really special? Because that's what I started thinking.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, to be able to, to go on the road when, you know you know that North Carolina's been gearing up for Notre Dame, the entire nation is, is saying that this is a, a potential upset for Notre Dame. And so when you come out of that game, and Brian Kelly called the second half the best half of football they've played. Now, it was only, um, you know, 14 to nothing in the second half. So it wasn't like it was an office, offensive explosion, but a 97 yard touchdown drive, an 89 yard touchdown drive, and then just an absolute lockdown defense over the last uh, 48 minutes of the game. Um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I think the feeling that I've had in the last three games with the development of Ian Book is okay, now they truly can beat anybody. When your quarterback plays at that level yeah. with a defense that good, offensive line that good, a running game as effective as it is, you start to think, yeah, absolutely, now they've got all the components they need to, to really give it a run.
1: Well, I, I kind of took an inventory of my emotions over the years uh, to, to Notre Dame teams, and the, the only team that I can really think of that I, I, I had that feeling with Honestly, it was the 1988 team, uh, and how good they were, and how fun they were to watch. And this is certainly a fun team to watch. Maris Leafau, you mentioned him earlier. Five tackles, a sack, tackle for loss, breakout game for him. And suddenly, it seems that the Irish are loaded with good players at the buck linebacker position. Tim, uh, and I'm. I want to talk a little bit about the Hawaiian players, the Polynesian culture. Uh, Leofau, uh, Manti Teo, Alohi Gilman, Tagliavoa Almosa. I know there have been others uh, around the country, but also at Notre Dame. What is it about that culture that has produced really good football players?
0: You know, I, I've gotten to know Alohi Gilman's uh, father very well, Sai Gilman, and he has given me some really interesting lessons on on the Polynesian culture coming from from Hawaii. And, They just, when it comes to football, they just absolutely believe that they're the best players on the field. Uh, It's a culture that is cultivated, so to speak. Uh, All the camps, and and Asai Gilman is a a defensive back uh, coach. DB Tech Academy is what he owns and runs. And he says it to me. He's got the most infectious laugh you could ever imagine. But he laughs at me when I talk about the physicality of players coming from Hawaii because he says, that's just the way it is, man. That, that's that's how they're trained. That's how they grow up. That's what they believe. And uh, Kahanu Kia is another linebacker uh, coming from uh, actually Manti Tails High School uh, in, in next year's class, and and he has a lot of the same ferocity.
1: Well, I love it, and I say bring more of those guys in. Who would have thought 10, 15 years ago that Hawaii was going to become a hotbed of recruiting, but uh, it certainly has. Uh, okay, this week, uh, by stroke of the pen, the ACC has now arranged for the Irish <laughs> to clinch a conference championship game berth. Uh, Wake Forest game is wiped away. I, I hated seeing that happen, but I understood it. I hated seeing it happen because I'm selfish about being able to watch Notre Dame football games. But I did, like I said, I did understand it. But explain why that had to happen.
0: Well, it had to. It had to go one of two ways: either Notre Dame and Clemson would not play on December twelfth. I'm not talking about each other, but would not play a game, or or they both would play. And Brian Kelly said um, said on Thursday that he was perfectly willing to, to to play again uh, against Wake Forest the following week but you know I would imagine there was uh, Dabble Sweeney was pretty outspoken uh, about his anger with Florida State having traveled there and then not actually played the game so I don't know I don't know if Dabble Sweeney instigated it or what but you know the ACC has done has gone, has gone above and beyond the call of duty and getting uh, these games in and now I hear the SEC complaining about what the ACC did. They're going to play, they're all going to play nine uh, ACC games, and that's that's about what the, the, the normal uh, amount is per year. So, in, in fair, Notre Dame and Clemson are the two best teams in the conference. If Clemson loses to Virginia Tech this weekend at Virginia Tech, then it opens up an opportunity for Miami. But as we look at now, Notre Dame and, my, and Clemson are the two best teams. It'll give uh, Miami still a fighting chance to get in, but uh, the two best teams are going to end up in the ACC championship.
1: Okay. Well, it did make sense, but like I said, I I just hated to lose any game of Notre Dame football because I love it so much. Okay. Um, Off the top, we paid a little tribute to uh, Ian Book. And Tim, where does Ian Book belong on the list of great Notre Dame quarterbacks? What's your opinion?
0: You know, I generally leave those kind of rankings to others, but I was asked at Irish Illustrated for a podcast uh, on Thursday, how would you rank the ones that you've covered? Um, you know, I got, I've got just sheer production. I would put Brady Quinn at the top. Uh, but I, I've always said that I thought Tony Rice was the best quarterback um, at, at, at Notre Dame, just the winning ways and the way that he led people. I would put Ian Book third in the time that I've been covering Notre Dame, which is since the mid-1980s. And I think we do have to remember, he was an inconsistent quarterback for 29 games. He's become a really, really good college quarterback for three games. So place him where you want. I, I, I think what he's accomplished as uh, his college career comes to an end into a crescendo is tremendous. But he was a very he was a winning quarterback. But he also had a great defense on his side every every game that that he's been the starting quarterback at Notre Dame. So I think he's done a tremendous job. I'm glad it all finally kicked in. I have a hard time placing him any higher than that because of the inconsistency leading up to the last three games.
1: Okay, well I I think the winning uh, certainly counts for a lot. But what you're saying makes sense. I mean the production, the big gaudy numbers that Quinn had certainly are not there. And uh, Tony Rice, let's face it, won a national championship, uh, had a lot of the qualities I see in Ian Book as far as leadership goes. Uh, but, you know, Ian Book still got a couple more games to play. So who knows? Maybe he could move up on, on Tim Priester's list. Okay, uh, one quick hit before we go, Tim, and this is kind of an important one. Derek Mason out at Vanderbilt, that SCC school, happens to be the alma mater of Clark Lee. Uh, in the hometown I think he lives there or he did live there I should say is it likely that he will end up there
0: I think it's likely that he will get an interview whether he'll end up there or not depends upon um, the athletic director whose last name is also Lee L-E-E as opposed to L-E-A she made the call on Derek Mason she has publicly stated that she wants somebody with an offensive background which of course is not Clark Lee She's also said said she would prefer somebody that has head coaching experience. I would keep an eye on the guy at Coastal Carolina, Coastal Carolina uh, Jamie Chad Chad Will, I believe it is, um, who's nine and and0 this year. Uh, but he is from Nashville and uh, he went to school there. And if given the opportunity, I'm sure he would take the job to be the head coach.
1: Well, and uh, I, don't if- think,
0: I don't think the offer will come.
1: Okay, well, that's that's interesting to think, but uh, that doesn't close the uh, coaching carousel as far as Clark Lee is concerned. I think a lot of teams will be interested in him. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 351st edition of... Fighting Irish Preview.
3: Shine a little light into my room
2: Oh, I'm sure the morning sun can eliminate my gloom If it shine a little light into my room All I want is some sunshine, sunshine Shining through these windows of mine And I want
0: it to be easy, easy
2: Bushy. Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we are proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12 month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456 1247, stop into our showroom, or check out Bushy'sFW.com. Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Your clear choice.
0: Your clear choice is Bushies.
3: Your clear choice is Bushies.
1: The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. Notre Dame has now won 23 consecutive games at home, which is the modern era record for longest home win streak. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency Or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes.
3: Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling & Son Incorporated. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly
1: now back to fighting irish preview with your host phil how this is fighting irish preview syracuse comes to town to take on the irish this week tv coverage on nbc starts at 2 30 p.m south bend time and it's now time for the all-time irish hero brought to you by the marina at lake gage chris Kraft, mastercraft and premier pontoons We share your boating passion. This week, we continue our series on the great receivers of the Brian Kelly years. Let's review those receivers that we've covered so far. Golden Tate, Kyle Rudolph, Michael Floyd, Tyler Eifert, TJ Jones, Will Fuller, Equiminius St. Brown, and Miles Boykin. And this week, 6'6", 262-pound Cole Comet. Comet, another Chicago-area kid, had an outstanding senior season at St. Viator Catholic High School and was rated as a four-star recruit. He got into every game as a freshman in 2017, but was rarely targeted. Then in 2018, playing behind Alize Mack, Durham Smythe, and Nick Weischer, he started to make his presence known with 15 catches on the year, and the way seemed paved for a breakout his junior season. Slated to be the top tight end option for the Irish, the excitement built around the program that Komet would emerge as another in a long list of great Notre Dame tight ends and then the news dropped just three weeks before the 2019 season opener that Komet had suffered a broken collarbone in practice. Cole, though, took the setback in stride, and with days he was back in non-contact drills, and on September 21st, just 40 days after the injury, he was in the starting lineup at number 3 Georgia. That evening, despite a close loss for the Irish, it turned into the Cole-Komet show. On the first drive of the game, he had three catches, And on the night, he finished with a 9-catch, 108-yard, 1-TD effort. For the season, Komet went on to a 43-catch, 515-yard, 6-touchdown final tally. Komet's decision to go to the NFL at this point was complicated by the fact that he was an outstanding baseball player. He had led the Irish in saves as a freshman, had an intimidating presence on the mound, and a likely future in professional baseball. When it came out, however, that he was the number one rated tight end in the 2020 draft, the decision became an easy one. Cole Komet was subsequently selected 43rd overall by the Chicago Bears. Tim, the only thing wrong with Cole Komet is that his career at Notre Dame, for a couple of reasons, was just too short.
0: Yeah, we never felt like we saw the best of of Cole Komet, certainly against Georgia. I mean, there there were instances last season where he was dominant. But uh, yeah, I was a little surprised that he wasn't targeted more early in his career. He came in with Brock Wright, and a lot of uh, uh, outlets had Brock Wright rated higher, but I thought it was always pretty obvious that Comet was a better receiver. And I, we were just starting to see what Cole Comet was capable of doing last year, and he, and he was gone, but he had to do what he had to do. And uh, Cole Komet, having interviewed him several times over the last few years, one of my favorite players, just a, a, a grounded uh, well-rounded uh, great representative of notre dame
1: absolutely and as a two sports star at nd early in his career comet sought the advice of the great jeff samarja also a two sports star on how to manage his time cole comet another marina at lake gage all-time irish hero the marina at lake gage we love boats and it's now time for the aspen mortgage key to an irish victory tim Unlike twenty eighteen, when a twelfth ranked eight and two Syracuse stood in the way of another Irish quest for an undefeated season, this year's version of Dino Baber's Orange men stand at one and nine. Their only victory was back in september thirty seven to twenty over Georgia Tech. They lost a close, tough battle last week to a good North Carolina state team. Thirty-six to twenty-nine. And the numbers don't lie about this team's struggles. Out of 127 teams ranked nationally, Syracuse is 126 in total offense and 102nd in total defense. They average scoring 17.5, and they give up 31 and a half points per game. Senior quarterback Rex Culpepper, who had been converted to tight end two seasons ago, had to come off the bench at midseason and has mostly struggled. He completes forty seven percent of his passes and has thrown eight touchdown passes and seven interceptions. He has been sacked 10 times and is in negative territory for his rush yards. Freshman Sean Tucker, who's battling an injury, is the lead running back with three touchdowns, 525 yards, and averages 4.6 yards per carry. 6'2 junior Taj Harris is the lead receiver with 50 catches, good for 664 yards, five touchdowns. Their special teams have been pretty solid. Last week against North Carolina State, freshman Treybor Pena returned a kickoff 98 yards for a touchdown. Defensively, they forced a lot of turnovers. And one guy to watch is sophomore linebacker Mikel Jones. He leads the team in tackles and has four interceptions on the year. That said, the Orangemen have had a very hard time stopping teams on third down and fourth down and are dead last in the nation in time of possession. Oh, and Syracuse gives up a lot of sacks, fumbles, and interceptions. Tim, a couple of impressions I have of Syracuse is that, well, they've stayed in their games pretty much for all of four quarters. So I don't think Dino Babers has lost the team, but they are far from the Syracuse program of 2018 that looked to be on the upswing. Finally, don't forget this will be their last game of the season, and they got nothing to lose. So expect the unexpected. What is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory?
0: Well, you're right, Phil. They're nothing close to what they were in 2018. They're an extremely young football team. They had a whole bunch of people opt out before the year began. Their top two running backs were opted out before the season even began. And uh, you mentioned third down. I mean, they're, they're a disaster. They do take the football away. They're tied for first in the country with Central Florida. But I think for Notre Dame, it just comes down to remember what's at stake. It's senior day. There's a lot of emotions involved because of everything that's, I mean, in normal senior day, uh, but everything that's going on with COVID, just be smart, play with passion, be who you are, and uh, get to 10-0 and o and move on to the important game in two weeks.
1: Be who you are and get to 10-0. I like that advice. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage Key player for the Irish?
0: You know, I, I think I think this is the kind of game Phil, where you look at at some backups uh, or or maybe guys that aren't necessarily at the forefront of, of things. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Chris Tyree. I think Chris Tyree is going to have some success. I think Notre Dame's uh, outside zone running game is going to be very effective against Syracuse. They will probably try their best they can to limit the amount of touches. Kyron Williams I think Chris Tyree is going to have a big game for Notre Dame
1: yeah I think it makes sense to give Kyron Williams a little rest and Chris Tyree can take advantage of that situation and that is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week Aspen Mortgage for all your mortgage needs call 486-LOAN and it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy your choice for physical therapy now with 20 Indiana locations Tim, how do the Irish stand help-wise going into the regular season finale? And some more changes along the offensive line?
0: Yeah, everything seems to be hitting the offensive line. Last week, you had you had Kramer and Patterson out. Patterson's out for the year. He had surgery. Kramer is uh, has he practiced this week. They don't want to use him at right guard. And I thought Zeke Corral stepped in and did a nice job at center last week, but he has a high ankle sprain, so... Corral's a game-time decision. I personally don't expect him to play. I think what will happen is Josh Lug will move from right guard to center, and he's had back issues. And then Dylan Gibbons gets his first career start at right guard.
1: Okay, well, it's good to get to sprinkle in a little experience along that line, but you want this uh, offensive line ready to go for that conference championship game. Uh, thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world famous Irish Illustrated prediction brought to you by IrishIllustrated.com. Tim Priester, uh, Vegas is the Irish by 33.5, and, and the over under is 51.5. What does America's foremost authority say?
0: I don't think we see Notre Dame at its best this week. There's just coming off of North Carolina and everything that they've accomplished this year, and they know <laughs> they know that Syracuse is a one-and-nine football team, and really, Syracuse has a couple guys that you have to be concerned with. Taj Harris, I really like him at receiver. Their linebacker core is aggressive, and they're capable of putting some pressure on, on Ian Book, but... When all is said and done, they don't have enough offense to compete in this game. I think it's lower scoring, Phil. I have Notre Dame 38, Syracuse 6.
1: Notre Dame 38, Syracuse 6. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Uh, Tim, I think knowing that this is now the last regular season game will work in favor of the Irish and their effort in this game. Uh, They're just much better than Syracuse in every phase of the game. I, I kind of think it could be a shutout, but I expect Syracuse. They've got a good field goal kicker, probably get three there, and maybe a touchdown in garbage time. I'll take Notre Dame 40, Syracuse 10. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovlin, Art Salzburg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions.